Dan, can you just go ahead and start and talk about the um, the the number of big plays you gave up defensively yesterday, and also kind of working through so many penalty flags and, and not letting that impact how you play, and just kind of how you deal that deal with that in the moment when obviously a lot of people are are disagreeing with what's being called. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll start with that one, and I can work backwards. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. I thought- you know, I think in the game, I think there were over, you know, 30 fouls probably called. So that's a lot. And uh, one thing that Mike does a good job of is, you know, kind of showing the officiating uh, crew and, uh, you know, some of what they may be high um, in in terms of calls. So it's uh, on a game like that. I think, you know, you got to be able to follow the rules of engagement. So, hey, they're calling a lot of it this way. And um, I, I believe this is a crew we had in Tampa Bay, so we shouldn't be surprised that there were a lot of, you know, numbers. Some, You know, like kind of like an opponent, you know, some officiating crews just have a higher number of calls in certain areas than others. And so much like a game plan that you have to adjust based on those rules of engagement. So, um, yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot on both sides. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's, you know, our responsibility to try to adjust as best we can um, to the ones that we have control over. And if there's ones that, uh, you know, like in any game, there might be, hey, that, they missed that one or, you know, like that's okay. Like that's part of all. But if we know, hey, this is this team lets you play a little more, this officiating crew, excuse me, or this one doesn't, I think you have to be ready to adjust. And sometimes, like in a game, you have to be adjusted in the moment. And we certainly tried to emphasize that yesterday to say, man, you really got to win with your feet. We can't grab here. This is getting called too many times. I certainly, um, you know, hit that with the guys. But uh, in this game, you know, the third down ones I thought were the the critical one. I know um, AB got, um, you know, the most of those yesterday, having four. I certainly don't feel like he's a player who's had an issue with fouls in his previous 10 games. I think he had one defensive um, illegal contact, you know, but no DPI. So I was a little surprised to see that number uh, creep up onto him. He's certainly, you know, one of our most consistent guys, you know, down in and down out. So um, he was certainly disappointed to have those, as were we. But we've got plenty of uh, trust and belief in him. Uh, Getting back to the, you know, which kind of leads – you know, it's back to the first part of the question regarding the um, explosive plays. And, you know, heading in, we thought, you know, where when they try to get some, it was usually Waller on the deep stuff. And, um, it, you know, was Ruggs prior and putting Jackson to some of those roles. And uh, we were disappointed to see, you know, the first one go for a touchdown to Jackson. And that's one, if, if they complete it and it ends up being, you know, a, you know, a long pass and you get the guy on the ground, you know, then you live with it and you keep on moving but you don't want to have the fender bender, you know, turn into a fatality because you didn't, you know, stay on top or, you know, tackling of, of what we liked. So um, that's kind of my my feel on the officiating. And then as the big plays go, um, yeah, there's no question about that, that the some of the fouls, um, you know, extended drives or, you know, could, you know, change field position for sure. Um, both in the regular session and in overtime. But at the end of the day, uh, we've really got to be able to adjust um, based on who the crew is. So long answer, but I thought uh, I'd try to give it my best shot. On the last PI on Brown, uh, can you give us a thought process on the coverage there that you guys were in? Yep, we were in man-to-man. And uh, at that one, um, we were really trying to make sure we were going to play and guard them tight so we could be in good space. If they were going to try a long field goal, I think he had ripped like a 56 or 58 yarder um, there. 
at the end, you know, in regulation. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, he just, you know, hit a, look like a 56 yarder with some space to go. You really had to defend in the low forties, thinking of where he was capable of hitting it from. So, um, in that time you want to be, you know, close and guard him and play man to man, which, you know, is we've done plenty of times. So I don't, um, you know, regret the call. You certainly regret the outcome, but um, not as far as the call goes, because in that space, you were probably defending about 15 yards of space to make sure um, that they didn't put themselves in a spot to get into field goal. So they would get off the field, get a punt and, and go to it. But uh, certainly the game changed after the foul. You know, then ultimately get the call of the fumble recovery, but can you talk about the athleticism can you showed on the play when he knocked it back inbounds and what you saw from your guys, including Jaron on the forcing the fumble? Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that one up because, um, you know, we certainly are, uh, you know, working like crazy to create some takeaways. I thought it was just a good connected play between um, Keanu and, and uh, JK. The ability for Kiki to, you know, step, keep it in bounds, throw it back in. JK gets both feet down. We were definitely disappointed um, when it got overturned. That was uh, one you'd want to put in your teach tape forever of uh, sideline discipline and being aggressive because the easy thing, you know, that most people do there is try to dive on the ball and think they can get it. But um, Keanu's awareness to, you know, keep it alive was a big one. I thought after Basham's sack, um, you know, trying to go get that, you know, recovered fumble, those were two game changers um, that we just got to be able to nail when we get our moments. But yeah, that was, that would have been one of my favorite plays of the year so far, just because of the athleticism that it took, but uh, all for not, unfortunately. Tristan Hill, points on... Hill seems to have an active game. Uh, what have you seen from him now as he gets settled in coming off the injury? Yeah, you know what? I, I would agree with that. I thought, um, it was really square and strong inside, especially in the run game. I thought in the screen game, um, you felt his athleticism. He turned, ran out of the stack to create a tackle down the field. So um, I definitely feel his effort, his energy to play. And so um, as we're moving down, um, I just feel like he's starting to gain some confidence in, in the way he's playing. So it was good. I thought um, he's making the improvements that you'd want to make. This guy hadn't played in a while. So to see the, uh, I knew these first couple of weeks would be some, some growing and, uh, He's certainly doing that, so I'm excited to see where, where he takes it. Have you, have you discussed with him the post-game punch he threw and um, just uh, working with a young player through that sort of a situation? Yeah, I haven't seen him yet, but I definitely will. Uh, he will begin a call from me, that's for sure. <laughs> like, just, you know, making sure we keep our discipline right and takes a lot of uh, discipline to unclench our fist sometimes more than clench it. And so I think on those ones, um, let's make sure we we know how to have that kind of discipline too. But no, I haven't spoke to him yet, but I certainly plan on it. Mike, you allowed, or Danny, you've allowed points here on the first possession, five of the last six games. What do you make of the slow starts? Yeah, I, I would, and certainly the last two two games, um, yeah, last I mean, three or the four, that's right, well, the field goal on the one. Um, that's a good question. That You know, the explosive play certainly on the last one, you know, caught us. Um, as it went through it, the one against Kansas city, I thought moved the ball down the field, but um, we've got to do a good job on, on both the end of the half, excuse me, the ones at the start of the game and the ones in the start of the, of the second half when we, you know, get chances to lead it off that way. So I think just, uh, you know, something that we look at every week to see how a team's starting. And usually that's when some of the unique stuff that's maybe some unscouted looks have come out, but uh, more than anything, let's make sure we, we never beat ourselves in those spots. Um, when a team's, you know, first getting going. So 
um, yeah, not happy with uh, allowing any score um, on any drive, but uh, certainly as, as the game goes um, on the first part, not to, not to have any score is a big piece of it. Despite the outcome of the game, Mike gets back-to-back plays in overtime, the tackle for loss, and then the sack off the bull rush to make it 3-18. What stood out about those effort plays and his production yesterday? I would say um, on the, the sack at the end, you know, just the ability to, you know, take a guy up and bring him back underneath, that's kind of, you know, for him as a pass rush, he's got good speed off the edge, so the tackle really has to set and come back. But um, Mike is continuing, you know, to make, you know, big plays for us in, in big-time moments, and so um, we count on him for that. He's, you know, we try to put him in positions that he has chances to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, to try to find spots, you know, whether it's a linebacker and DN, to put him in spots where he can make these impactful plays. He's a good blitzer. He's a good rusher. So we try to feature him in those ways as often as we can. Mike has obviously played end mostly these past couple of games, but during pregame warmups, he does a lot of linebacker. Is there some gamesmanship there where you don't want to reveal to the opponent until the very first snap what the plan is? Is that is that conscious? Yeah, it was on our end. Yep. I don't know if it's gamesmanship anymore when you've done it and we just talked about it, but yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and also, you know, like he's not going to stay down at the end forever. So, you know, there's parts of practice that he's back to linebacker. I just didn't want to lose that hat altogether. Um, but I knew going into the previous two games when they were so close together with Kansas City and with the Raiders that I would do it for those two games. And then as we're getting into this week, you know, I'm just kind of getting through the process of scouting and looking at it tonight about where he'll play uh, this weekend or this Thursday. On that, note, y'all have, uh, on that note, y'all have designated DeMarcus to return from IR. Uh, where is he in that process of coming back and what can he add to this defense? Well, certainly uh, with Law, you know, the the speed off the edge, the pass rushing ability. So just like with all the guys, we try to feature him in those ways. But, yeah, we were encouraged about his his start to it. And uh, as he goes through the week this week, we'll hope to see more of him and see what he can do. But um, he's hit all the markers that you want to hit in terms of the healing and training and getting ready. So, um, you know, that would be up to Mike and the medical staff. But he's, he's certainly hitting the markers from the training aspects. And now as we're getting into practice to make sure he's, comfortable with the calls and the movements and everything that goes with that. So it'll be an important week for him for sure. But we are definitely looking forward to getting him back. Considering the fast start that Diggs had, are you a little surprised that teams are still challenging him a little bit? Um, That's a good question. I would say, you know, sometimes the offense, you know, dictates, you know, where the ball goes or the coverage may. Um, But there's definitely, you know, some – some points where it's uh, it, it can be risky, you know, because he's got such unique ball skills uh, to make some plays. But uh, not, I wouldn't say I'm surprised that people are still going that way. But um, at the end of the day, um, maybe that's a good thing, you know, where he gets some more opportunities to get uh, his hand on the football a few times. Certainly, uh, I thought the um, Instagram from his son was uh, <laughs> as funny as could be on a Thanksgiving, so... And how do you address uh, with Anthony Brown? Like you say, he hadn't had any of those calls this year. Now you get four in a game for 91 yards. Yep. How, what sort of talks do you have with him? And, 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 and how do you address that going forward? Is it a, a complete aberration? Uh, I guess just your thoughts on that and how you uh, talk or deal with Anthony this week. Yeah, well, and, uh, and you certainly hope it's an outlier because 
Um, this has not been something through the past that, uh, you know, has kind of crept back in or lead it. So first thing that I, you know, had talked to him about was how much belief we have in him. Anytime you have a, uh, a tough game from a penalty standpoint or um, just a performance standpoint, um, you know, like most really good competitors are hardest on themselves. And that was certainly uh, AB. And I said, that's the, the life we leave as competitors. So then what he came in today and already wanted to go back and talk through it and, you know, is it looking back to the ball, not, you know, locking a guy's arm. So it was the smallest of details that you want to look at. But uh, at the end of the day, it's looking back to make sure you learn from it. Because if you don't, then the pain of going through it was for not. And you want to make sure, all right, I understand why they called it. I got this shit under control and here's how we go. So um, he's an excellent competitor. And uh, I wasn't surprised to see him, uh, one of the first guys here today to, to watch it and discuss it with Al and how they were going through it. Because he's, Never a player that, you know, places blame anywhere else or anything. So he's, he's an excellent competitor and one of our most consistent guys. So I would expect uh, that trend not to continue. But from, from, your understand, from, from you guys' understanding or, or the way y'all are looking at it, it's not like it was just bad calls from officials. There were things that he did wrong technique-wise. Yeah, I would say there's probably um, at the sake of <laughs> – I'm going to try to say this without, I don't want any uh, issues coming through. There were definitely, you know, some of his that were fouls and uh, ones to correct for sure. And then uh, as you're going through some that could have gone either way, all right, why, what did they see for them to possibly want to throw that? And so um, that's the things you want to look at. If there's one where you grabbed and that's pretty easy to acknowledge, hey, that's a foul and you know why. The one that, hey, what else can I do? That's the one you have to dig in deeper for and say, okay, do you have to look back? Do you have to play through the hands more? And so the smallest of details are important during those. But, uh, you know, some of the fouls, you know, certainly were justified that were called yesterday. On the third and 18 in overtime? On the third and 18, was that justified? Yeah, you're, you have a hard one on me on that one. So I'll have to take a closer look and see what the league says uh, when they send the the playback and how they, they officiated it and how they saw. But um, it was certainly a tough one for us um, of how it went down. But uh, we have not had – or maybe Mike has. I haven't spoke with him yet, um, you know, regarding the, that call specifically. And we'll, we'll finish Mike up here with Michael. This is the last question. Mike mentioned the frustration that was felt on the sideline. Uh, sometimes too neg- a little neg- negativity is okay, but there might have been too much about handling situations that come up during a game. How, from the – um, do you, do you, are you able to kind of sense what might be felt on the sideline and, and you, with a phone call or anything like that? Is there anything that you can do to kind of help mitigate a situation like that if the sideline temperament is not quite where you guys would consider to be optimal? Yep, yeah. And so, um, yeah, we've got some mechanisms in place, whether we have to bring a crew together um, to talk through it. Um, but I'm on constant communication with the assistants. Hey, I'd like you to get together and go through this. I'd like you to get together and talk about this. Um, poise, honestly, is one that um, you come up with a lot when you're dealing with some adversity. That's when usually you have to be at your best to say, okay, this call didn't go our way, that um, situation didn't go our way. How do we rebound from it and go? And I think that's an important skill to learn for a group to say, man, like backs against the wall, call went against us. All right, now what are we going to do? What's next? And so sometimes just resetting ourselves in the moment is a big piece of it because when you get pissed and you get negative, it can just, you know, lead down a road that you won't want to go. Because one thing we know about negative thinking is that it definitely works and it works negatively. So how do we reset our mind to, 
to go and fight back and, and make sure the next moment, the next situation that comes up, that we're ready to get after it. Thanks, Dan. All right, you guys have a good one. Thanks, and, uh, Dan.